This episode is sponsored by Asking Point. Asking Point is a service that lets you use your app analytics to intelligently remote control ratings widgets and in-app cross-promotion messages, push polls and surveys, just about anything else you want to do in an app. It gets more downloads for you and helps improve your ratings and helps you cross-promote all your other apps. So go to askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. That's askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. It's free to sign up. But if you do end up uh, paying for their premium service, then you get a discount as well. Thank you very much to Asking Point for sponsoring this show. This episode is sponsored by AppPress. Now, you've got a great app idea. Well, now is the time to make it really happen. AppPress makes it simple to design and deliver beautiful apps with easy-to-use visual tools. You can drop in graphics, content, photos, and videos, add HTML and JavaScript, and preview the app as you work right on your mobile device. Build the app. You never could have imagined uh, doing this with AppPress. Well, you can build it uh, for any phone and tablet running iOS or Android. It's faster than ever. It has the highest quality, even on complex app projects. So to go and see it in action, go to app-press.com. That's www.app-press.com. And thanks to AppPress for sponsoring the show. Hi, I'm Duncan Goff, founder of Somewhere.com, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the app guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the app guy. Before we start this episode, just to remind you that I'm reading out uh, all the uh, reviews uh, over the next number of episodes right at the end. So do stay tuned and you'll get a mention if you've left me a five-star review. Thank you very much. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. And this is the podcast that interviews uh, very interesting people that are involved with apps and uh, entrepreneurs and uh, anyone who can help us. And I've got a really great episode lined up because the name will say it all. I've got the, I've got the managing director and the chief revenue officer of AppLift. So anybody uh, who needs a really cool name, that's applift.com. Just go and check it out and you'll see all the stuff that they're, they're doing. And let me introduce uh, Mayor Sadra, who is, as I say, the managing director and who's here to talk to us about applift.com. So Mayor, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul. Really nice to be on. Happy to have uh, joined. Now, now, just to paint a picture of where you're at, you're in your office right now and you, you kind of... Perhaps you could describe your office for us. So um, Uplift uh, was launched uh, out of Berlin. Um, so at the moment, while we're spread as a global company, um, you can still feel the Berlin-German mentality here sometimes, not what you would typically expect. Like, you know, when you expect a German company, you think bureaucracy, you think maybe even cubicles. Um, no, no, Berlin is not really Germany. Berlin is like the metro um, cosmopolitan of, of Europe. Um, so we're a very a multicultural company. Out of uh, roughly 200 people working in the company, we have 45 nationalities here, which is pretty astounding. Uh, but what you do sense out of the Berlin is kind of the grunge style. So uh, we're not your typical corporate environment. There's like bouncy balls. There's a, a, a kicker um, somewhere here. There's a few PlayStations overall. There's dartboards. Um, it's pretty, pretty casual here overall. Um, 
and we're, we believe in transparency and kind of the open space mentality. So even like management such as myself are in the open space in our management island, you could call it. But yeah, we keep a very um, like open see-through transparency uh, mentality here. Um, right now, because it's 1.15 uh, p.m. here, that is the German company mentality. Everybody's out for lunch. <laughs> right, okay. And uh, so, so it's just so cool. I mean, anybody who is wanting to work for a, a startup or in some similar environment, I think is really inspired by what you've just explained, PlayStations, bouncing balls, dartboards. It just sounds great fun. It is, it is. Uh, we work hard, and I will say that, by the way, the um, recruitment process we have is uh, probably one of the most important things uh, within our company. Uh, we're a company of entrepreneurs, so when we employ someone, whether if it's an intern, a junior, or someone to our management team, uh, we always look for entrepreneurial uh, mindset in the people we hire. Um, that sometimes means, by the way, that uh, we invite people here to Berlin or to San Francisco or to Seoul uh, for a full day of interview. That could mean nine people, even 15 people that we've done sometimes. And it's not only the management that interviews them. It's We actually ask the junior employees to participate in the interview process because our, our concept says, like, entrepreneurs we'll find other entrepreneurs basically to team up with. And our DNA is if you find someone that's really smart and really good, even if they don't come with the experience required for the job, they'll be able to learn it. And if tomorrow we change and we evolve as a company, they'll be able to evolve in their role as well. Well, let's help out people right away. So anyone turning up for an interview, I'm guessing if you're wearing a pinstripe suit and a suitcase, you're carrying a suitcase and you're maybe a financial times and you sit there and expect to have a job where you're told what to do and you're looking for the cubicle. I'm guessing that's immediate red flags for not getting the job. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as extreme, but let's admit it. I am wearing an orange, I'm wearing an orange t-shirt with a large tiger face on it. So it's pretty much as casual as you can get, I guess. Right, okay, then. Uh, so let's talk about AppLift and w what it is that you're uh, actually doing and uh, to help out app entrepreneurs. Cool, cool. So um, yeah, AppLift uh, was launched about three years ago. We're one of the youngest companies, I will say, in our industry to have grown this fast and so big. Um, essentially, we are a data-driven app marketing platform that empowers app developers to acquire and re-engage quality users at scale. Um, we built a platform on top of proprietary LTV, which is lifetime value optimization technology, um, that essentially helps app developers maximize their ROI by acquiring new users on a pure performance basis. To kind of break it down to maybe even simplify terms, we help advertisers or app developers get new installations for their app that would bring monetizing users or engaging users um, at scale. This is basically what we do. And, and what attracted you to the company, Mao? Because uh, you, said, you, know, you said you're the chief revenue officer. What, what, what does that mean? Okay, so um, that's a good, that's a great question. So I've actually joined roughly nine months ago and I moved here from Israel with my family. So it's a wife and two kids. Um, I will say that I was very happy in the previous place I was and I was not looking for a job. 
But then Tim, uh, who, uh, who is the CEO and founder of the company, uh, reached out to me and said, come to Berlin. And really, the only thing I told my wife is, uh, free trip to Berlin, why not? <laughs> uh, so I jumped on a plane and came over. And uh, what attracted me was the quality of people and the mission they, they have. So I've been in the ad tech industry for roughly 13 years now, which is even considered as a veteran in our industry. But I never had a pleasure of working with uh, a company that's full of non-edtech people. So Uplift is not your common media ad network or a media company in general. Um, again, it's the quality of people here, the fact that they are extremely strict about uh, hiring and only hiring entrepreneurial type of people, people that have launched companies in the past, people that were involved in launching companies in the past, people who was that in their DNA was really what was attracting uh, myself because I was actually in the process of launching my own company myself. Um, and my role here as a chief revenue officer um, pretty much just means to look at the high level and strategy that we have. It doesn't necessarily mean that I look at the day-to-day -day numbers because we have uh, really, really good teams and really good people whose job is to be, be the experts uh, working, uh, either providing service or working on the technology um, to improve our offering essentially to the market, which is app developers. So one of the biggest challenges for the listeners of this show, the Appster Tribe, is to make money off the app stores. And I know that many of them have tried different uh, advertising strategies. What tips could you give to help the app entrepreneurs listening to this show monetize their apps? It's a great one. So I would, I would say that the first challenge is identifying your target audience. And it's, it sounds like a very simple task to do. Okay, so I have a game, so it's probably male audience, or I have an e-commerce app, so it's probably this type of audience. But when you think of uh, the size of population that is out there, um, it's fairly large. And when we're talking about typically a free application um, that looks to monetize via either in-app purchase or some kind of an engagement, whether if it's an e-commerce app, for example, um, it's really knowing who is the audience I really want to be attracting and what is essentially the viral effect that these audience can create to their surrounding, um, what is called friends and family that are on similar mindset. The other biggest challenge is advertising itself. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the Lumascape. It's this basically very large logo slideshow that's been circling around the edtech space for quite a few years that shows who are the players. So whether if it's demand-side platforms, supply-side platforms, ad networks, DSPs, and so on and so on and so on. But this Lumascape actually has roughly 350 logos on it. In reality, there is probably more than a thousand media companies out there, each providing with some kind of a service to advertise applications. The biggest challenge I see for app developers is where do I start? So there is display advertising, there is social advertising, there is email marketing, there is video advertising, there are offer walls and so on and so on and so on. And not even mentioning the offline world, which as you probably have seen, some app developers have took really aggressive large steps to go for full-blown TV ad campaigns, including even the Super Bowl. 
So if I'm a developer, I'm, I'm now starting essentially and I want to reach my target audience, where do I go? And I think this is basically one of the biggest challenges if I'm an app developer today. And on the other hand, I need to market my app because there's 1.4 million applications out there. So I really need to do some kind of marketing activities. So what I would say to that uh, question is that first, really try to evaluate who is the target audience I'm trying to reach. And second of all, consult with some of the great um, community forums out there talking about growth and application growth to find what is the right media plan I need to do for my app to start essentially experimenting on marketing um, and constantly evaluate what is the ROI I'm returning. Yeah, I'd love to pick you up on what is the target audience. I do think that's a really important question for the apps to tribe listening to this because uh, it's often overlooked. You know, we put our apps onto the app store, we see downloads, we try and measure stuff, but we don't really th- know the the people who are downloading this. Any guidance you can give us on uh, how to identify our target audience? You know, how do we know these people? So, like any company being launched, um, first of all, I, I'm assuming that an app is a business, is a, is a business like any other business, and it has to have kind of a business plan. And the first question when you launch a company is um, essentially, what problem am I coming to answer? So whether if it's a game or whether if it's a utility application, what essentially problem am I trying to resolve with this product? Because an app is a product. Once you answer this question, it's going to be very easy for you to really answer who is the target audience for this product. So let's say that this is an application to find... um, flats in metropolitan areas, then the problem you're trying to resolve is essentially travelers that are now um, going to another country, either for visiting or business, and they don't want to use hotels, either they want to use uh, a flat to enjoy the cultural experience, or they just want to save a couple of bucks, basically, because it could be economical. It really helps you understand who is the target audience. You've just defined that your target audience is probably travelers, either business or leisure. You probably defined it as your target audience. If you're looking at the leisure market, you're looking at people who are essentially looking for like either the cultural experience or the economical experience. Now you've actually looked into a subcategory, which is a specific household income. Now, gender, for example, is a tricky one because you cannot really skew travelers towards female or male. So you're probably going with a um, like general population there. But then age sector, so if you're looking at people who would be likely willing or happy with using someone else's flat, then you're looking at a, at a certain age group. So essentially, the more you think about it, when you actually come up with a product, it should be very, very easy to really identify who's the target audience I'm going for. And based on that, it becomes so much easier finding what is the media properties, what is the media plan. So if, for example, your target audience is actually not really digital audience, then you should do offline advertising. You should actually consider a billboard in certain regions. Like when you think of marketing your app, you shouldn't be limited to just, you know, the obvious, which is like, oh, I'm just going to stick a banner on a website. There's so many options out there. And if we look at um, basically 
all of this advertising uh, pie, whether if it's digital or offline, um, the smartest advertisers out there uh, who essentially are marketing a product are creating a mix of media to basically reach their target audience in the right places, in the right state of mind. So what I'm saying in regards to that is um, when you build your product, you should already define who is my target audience because what is the problem I'm coming to resolve. And when you think of marketing, don't limit yourself only to digital because digital is the, I what I would say, de facto default route to go. It shouldn't be. This is great because I want to challenge every Appster tribe listening to this right now, if you're an entrepreneur, how have you thought about your target audience? I do think that this is often overlooked and it reminds us that it's so important. Now, now here's one for you. Uh, that there, There's people listening to this show who have just come into some money. They're putting together, building an app. They're about to launch it. What guidance could you give, say, if I'm an app entrepreneur and I've got $10,000 you know, to spend in total? How much of that should be on promotion? Like, Try and give us an idea of the percentage of of our total budget that should be spent on marketing? Um, so just to repeat the question, so essentially if the budget is $10,000 for marketing? But for everything. <laughs> just, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of like a, a, a case where the, uh, I'm a, been, I've been attracted to this market. You know, I've got some money, I want to release an app. I've, I've got 10,000 in total to, to spend. How much of, a percentage should I have on marketing and, and how much, you know, I basically will then go towards building it. So I would first ask you a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, go, go. You can, you can, we, can, we can reverse the, the, the podcast. You could be the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I would ask this um, app developer, um, what is the monetization strategy? What is the app essentially? So if, for example, your app is a service app, is a travel app, let's say, and you actually want to promote um, airline tickets or you want to actually provide users with guidance within uh, um, airports. My approach to what you should do with your marketing budget would be different if, for example, you're now developing a casual game. So it, the first I would actually go with a few questions to understand what is the eventual monetization strategy, what is the uh, business model of this application itself, of the product itself, to come up with a, with a simple answer. I don't think there is ever a simple answer, um, but if we just take uh, an example, if your app is completely digital and your product is sold as an in-app purchase, an in-app item, for example, then a ballpark number I would throw would be up to 50% of your budget should actually go for promotion and marketing. It should be very much geared towards positive ROI. So you should constantly be doing A-B tests on specific media planning and media executions and seeing if the users you are able to acquire through this promotion are generating a positive ROI or if they're generating a viral effect that is big enough to generate a positive ROI on your spending. But if, for example, your, um, your app isn't selling an online good or isn't selling an in-app purchase, but is an extension of an offline business or is an extension of a service, then I would actually go for a completely different uh, marketing mix that is looking to create a buzz, a ripple effect, 
and creating a, a user base that is using the application and extending that usage to their friends, to their family, and so on and so on and so on. And essentially what you want to do there is um, spend only as much as you need on actual marketing. So like there is no definite answer. It really has to do with the business and the product and the business model behind. Yeah, what I'm learning from you is that uh, often we overlook the monetization aspect. We have to be honest with ourselves. And I know many app entrepreneurs come to me and they don't even know how they're going to monetize the app. They just have this great idea and it needs to be an app and they think that they'll get all these downloads and they somehow will miraculously turn into money. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I guess what you're saying is have a really good think about monetization strategies before spending on marketing. Yeah, but by the way, um, you know, entrepreneurs, um, we sometimes don't, uh, don't go with our mind. We sometimes go with our hearts. And obviously, if you look at some very, very successful companies out there, they didn't start with a monetization uh, um, strategy. If you look at Waze, if you look at Facebook, if you look at Twitter, if you look at Instagram, uh, even WhatsApp doesn't monetize until, until now. Um, a lot of companies invest a lot in their product. Because if you look at some of the most successful companies out there, first of all, you want to polish the product and then polish it more and then polish it more and then polish it more. And let's face it, some of the most successful companies in the world have kind of gained traction simply out of the viral effect. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes we dream of this viral effect. We dream of becoming that outperformer, that superstar app that everyone has downloaded. But in reality, the odds are against us because, as I said, there's until at least a month ago that I last checked, there's 1.4 million applications out there. And how many can you actually name that just succeeded without any marketing activities? Even the ones you think, probably some of them did do some marketing activities. But again, marketing activities isn't limited to advertising, isn't limited to putting a banner on an app or on a, on a website. If you look at Waze, for example, while again, Waze polished and polished and polished your product, Waze marketing was really focused on, I wouldn't call it aggressive, but they were very pushy with the app stores. So whether if it's the iOS store, but also third-party app stores with every carrier outside um, of the, um, every carrier around the world, every the Google Play representative, every iOS representative, they're very, very pushy to create that push within the app stores. So everybody is essentially using it. And then they created partnerships. So their marketing partnership was with news channels. So news channels can now alert. There's a traffic jam on the 405 in LA, which is not really news, but then they could really just say, we got this information through Waze. So marketing activities, again, doesn't have to be limited towards the banner. Many companies succeeded promoting and becoming very successful without huge budgets. So you need to just think very creative on how do I reach my actual target audience? But when it comes to monetization, I very much agree with you that sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think of the product itself and completely disregard monetizing it eventually. It's something that we definitely need to do and think, again, depending on the product. Some products are really built to start with monetization model from day one. 
This episode is brought to you by Asking Point. Uh, Asking Point have this great ability to help you cross-promote your apps. If you think about it, those people that are already on your apps, using your apps, are your most valuable asset. So if you launch another app, if you are an app entrepreneur, you probably have more than one app, then uh, I recommend using Asking Point's tools to cross-promote those apps and take those apps with you. Uh, If you listen to some of the past episodes, you'll know that uh, it's better to uh, really take those existing users around with you into your new apps uh, rather than trying to uh, get new installs from ad networks. Uh, So Asking Point can take uh, your fans, take your users and uh, cross-promote some of the other apps within uh, your existing app. So uh, go to askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. It's all lowercase, askingpoint.com forward slash app guy and you'll get uh, discount. I mean, it is free to sign up, but if you do go for the premium service, there is a discount of 30% for the first six months. Hey, thanks, Asking Point, for uh, sponsoring this show. Let me tell you about AppPress. I really wish AppPress existed when I started out in this business because it enables you to build native apps really easily and, and publish those apps to the App Store. Uh, so you can actually build for iPads or iPhones. Uh, they have to be running the uh, iOS 6 or above, but you know most uh, devices are now running that. And also if you're uh, building for Android, it has to be for uh, 4.0.3 or, or above. But again, uh, that, that's quite an old uh, update and most phones nowadays uh, are running uh, much newer versions. And so you can build and publish uh, private apps if you want, or you can actually uh, publish uh, public apps uh, and be an app entrepreneur. Uh, so what is holding you back? Uh, you really do need to go and check out www.app-press.com and you'll see a clickable link to features that you can go through and you can see it in action as well. Uh, thank you very much to uh, App Press for bringing us such a great tool and for supporting this uh, podcast. It's a valuable lesson. So there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. And uh, the first thing is that we'd love to uh, try to f- um, understand some of your pain points. As a managing director of a very successful uh, company, AppLift, we'd love to know what pain points you're finding at the moment uh, in, in the work that you're doing so that we can maybe flesh out an idea for an app ourselves. So, so would you be able to think back on like the last two, three months and think of real frustrations that you've found yourself uh, wishing there was a problem to be solved there? So again, this is a, an idea for an app, essentially. Um, it's not much to do with Uplift, apart from the fact that Uplift were the ones that uh, got me to move with my family to Berlin. So moving to uh, Germany, um, a country where I do not speak the language whatsoever, um, and I do have kids, so I have a four-year-old daughter that just turned four last week, and a -a one-and-a-half-year-old son. Um, We're in a new country. We don't really have many friends here yet. What is important for me is playdates. So play days for my kids. And the biggest problem I have today is that most of the uh, kids in my daughter's kindergarten are German speakers. And I have zero ability to actually communicate with them, sometimes even with the parents. Because uh, in Germany, English isn't necessarily taught as a second language. Sometimes it's Russian, sometimes it's French, sometimes it's Spanish. Um, So for me as a parent, a need I would see um, is essentially an app to find playdates. It's something that is like 
Well, I hate to say it, but it's Tinder for families. I love that idea. I, I'm a I'm a family man as well. I have two、uh, boys aged five. Wouldn't it be great to have a Tinder for families in a way? I mean, maybe there's a better way of phrasing that, but、uh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, I would. I mean, I've been trying to use Meetup and、uh, other things, but yeah, like a dedicated resource to enable people of like-minded interests to meet up with their kids. I've often thought this would be a great idea, you know, even like a weekend hackathon where you take your kids along and they do stuff, like play and all stuff. That's great. That's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Absolutely fantastic. I think someone should build that now, and you've got two people who would download that immediately. <laughs> okay, the last thing then before then we wrap this up is、uh, this is a show about apps. I would love to know if there's an app on your phone that you think we've not come across yet that would be a good recommendation. Let me see. I'm going to my home screen.、Uh, we don't need、mm. to know your home screen. Maybe scroll across to some of those new ones.、Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm looking at the、uh, ones I'm using uh, recently. Um, so I'm a gamer. Unsurprising, like a, not not a big surprise here.、Uh, working at Uplift, where where.、Um, Applet started as a gaming app promotion company, so、uh, we know the gaming world very, very well. And many of the employees, such as myself, are, are big gamers.、Um, so I'm a big fan of these strategy games, basically、uh, like Clash of Clans and so on.、Uh, recently, I downloaded the new Jurassic World game, and I must say that I'm、uh, rather addicted to it.、Um, I will probably admit that I open the app roughly twenty twenty four times a day. <laughs>、um, yeah, 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 you wait until it comes to the Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be working walking around permanently with your arm in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's a great recommendation. Jurassic World. I'll make sure that I put a link to that on the show notes. It's episode three hundred six for anyone listening, and just go and see the show notes, and there'll be a link to that app. Um, but be warned, be warned, because it's addictive. <laughs> Wonderful! This is great. What a, a great, inspiring episode with you. Thank you so much for coming on the App Guy podcast.、Uh, links to how we contact you will be on my show notes. But in the meantime, how best can people reach out to you and connect? Well, I'm、uh, very reachable.、Um, so I'm Maor Sadra at LinkedIn. I'm Maor at Uplift dot com over email. Skype. I'm Mayorsa. Um, or Twitter, Maorsa.、Um, Wonderful. Well, as I say, it's been a terrific episode. I'm sure that a lot of people listening would love to be in your position of、uh, being, you know, a managing director of a very successful、uh, company like Uplift, and and to have PlayStations in the in the office and walk around and have these chairs that look like、uh, something out of science fiction. I, I think would just be awesome. So,、um, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Paul, for having me. Also, remember to go to askingpoint.com forward slash appguy. That's all lowercase. Askingpoint.com forward slash appguy, and you'll get an exclusive offer as a listener that will give you a discount of thirty percent if you end up subscribing to their premium services. Now, they do have a basic account which is free to use. You can certainly try them out. I highly recommend doing that. But if you do ever need to upgrade because your app is、uh, growing like mad because of all the ratings you get, then you'll need、uh, to use the offer code, and、uh, you can find that at、uh, askingpoint.com/appguy. And thank you, Asking Point, for sponsoring the show. 
This episode was sponsored by App Press. Uh, just go to app-press.com and go and check out some of their plans. You can build an app, a code-free, beautiful app, and uh, they will give you the tool to enable you to do this. Uh, they do have uh, different plans uh, that you can try, uh, the personal plan, uh, which enables you to build uh, a very good app, starts as low as $30 a month. Now, if you've been listening to my show uh, for any length of time, you'll know that a lot of the app entrepreneurs have spent tens of thousands of dollars on apps. So for you to build an app and, and get it onto an app store for $30 a month is incredibly good value. I do highly recommend you go to app-press.com and go and check out their plans and sign up. And thank you very much to AppPress for supporting the show. So in the last episode, I did say I would read out every single review that uh, I've ever had for this podcast. And because I'm just so inspired by these people, let me go straight into this. Uh, So we've got up to the 17th of March, 2014. uh, A keen, sorry, a keen user. Okay, so it's anonymous. Great show. Had a great chat with Paul. Uh, there are lots of great tips for app developers, but also entrepreneurs generally. Uh, so thank you very much for saying it's a great show. The 20th of March, 2014, just what I've been looking for by, oh, my good friend, Heath. Um, good friends with this guy, Heath. Uh, he was inspired to start his own uh, podcast, artsynow.com. Uh, man, if you want to listen to a very, actually, if you want to listen to the best uh, intro that you'll ever hear in a podcast, then go and check out artsynow.com. That's Heath. Uh, just what I've been looking for. The podcast is perfect for a tech entrepreneur, uh, an app designer, developer. It's loaded with great information, insights, guests, and more. More, more, please. Well, how about another 200-odd episodes since then? Uh, inspiring Enlightening Podcast uh, by Robin Hallett. She was a past guest, 29th of March. Robin, I hope you're still listening to the show. If you are, you left me a wonderful review. Uh, you did something really gracious inspiring enlightening podcast i just found the gem of a podcast great for tech entrepreneurs loaded with great perspectives teaching and quite uh, interesting thank you very much robin i remember our chat wow that seems a while ago now and you were so inspirational i still do uh, follow a lot of the, the stuff that you taught me about gratefulness so thank you very much let me go into the next one before uh, we run out of time. Uh, inspiring, enlightening, uh, fantastic podcast. Um, that is by uh, SRMOT. Uh, I love listening to these interviews whilst at work. Keep the shows coming. Brilliant. 7th of March, May. Uh, one more? We'll squeeze in? No. Uh, we'll do some more uh, in the next episode. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for leaving a review. And... Uh, it's still time just go to itunes leave me a review and we'll read some more of these out later thank you very much for listening and i look forward to delivering another episode shortly bye for now